But not with the dogs jump on me? Does he protect you? Does he protect you? Or just... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Amazing. Amazing. How y'all? Well. Everybody seems so quiet. Y'all in a meditative state or something? Stream is good. So what, Dave? The stream is good. Okay. We'll let you know. Probably about 30 seconds. Oh, good. All right. Oh, don't be quiet. I need to talk. I used to say that to my girlfriend when I was in high school. Okay. Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line, and hate will pass on your questions and comments to me accordingly. Thank you all for being with me. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. So, um, I want to start out with the biblical question. Who knows what the biblical question is? Three. That's it. You don't know. You know what it is. It, it's not a test. It's a fellowship. So, relax and let's edify one another. So, let me see your hands again. Who know what it is? Okay. Who thought about it this week? What did that mean? You thought about it a little bit. You say you thought of it a little bit? Why only a little bit? <laughs> That's why I didn't want to raise my hand. Um, because I don't know what on earth makes me afraid. Wasn't that That's somebody? why you're supposed to be looking. I know. I know. What the? I know you don't know. <laughs> so the biblical question, why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Right. Why? And well, you, I, you don't know why? Well, I guess why I would be afraid is uh, I'd be letting the devil convince me that I should be afraid. You're not sure why? Though? <laughs> I said the reason why I would be afraid is because I would be allowing the devil to make me afraid of somebody listening to those thoughts. Tell me why you didn't work on yourself this week with that. Because these well, like working projects. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I'm always working on myself. I think that question for me, like I heard it, and I just, I didn't, I didn't really see a whole lot because I feel like it's, uh, um, it's a Satan thing. You feel like what? I said I feel like it's a Satan thing. Like the reason why I would be afraid of you or somebody else or any any situation is because I would be believing the thoughts. Like that's kind of where I landed with it, and I just 
landed there and I didn't uh, you all it. know that you're not going to get better just by coming here right you know you got to work on yourself day and night do you know that yeah. It's not enough to just come and learn the conversation and then repeat the conversation. You got to know it if you want to be free. Only you can travel this road by yourself. Absolutely. Um, and so you don't know why you are free of anything or anyone on earth, right? Well, like I said, I heard it and I feel like it's a, the thing that would be making me afraid is I would be believing the thoughts. And I looked at that and I didn't really uh, I didn't really look at it any further than that so oh. I don't know if that's oh so you just thought it was your thought you're like that's it it can't be anything else well, this particular question every every week sometimes I'm looking at it a hundred times a day every day right. and other questions you know because I'm always I'm I'm looking at everything all the time, and this this question to me seemed like a, I don't know, like the thing that would be making me afraid would be Satan telling me I should be afraid, and you know, your ego and all these things pop up, and you know, I'm not saying that I'm not afraid, or I'm, I'm trying to like get that question out of my life. I just Are you think afraid? Am I or afraid? Or something, or someone? Oh, man, I really didn't want to talk today. I'm like so tired. Um, you tired? Did you pick yeah. cotton this week? Yeah, lots we, of it. Oh, well, you tired then? Yeah. Um, if you went to the field, you're tired. I know. Um, <clears throat> what did you just say? Am I afraid? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Do you have? Are you afraid? Um, I think that I think the thing that makes me afraid is when I get caught in the thought. There's really no reason to be afraid, and the times that I get nervous or afraid, or it's because I'm believing the thought about anything, whether it's the thought or voice of, I suck, you can't do this, this person hates it, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's just me believing Satan that would make me afraid. Otherwise, if I'm present and I'm just present, there's really nothing to be afraid of. So you want to test your fear right now? No. Why not? Because you're going to ask me to get on stage. Right. And I. And sit I'm not here for I five a, minutes. Pardon me. Come here and sit here by yourself and give a talk for five minutes. I don't know if any, I can. I just, <laughs> man, dude. Whatever. All right. You want me to come up there? No. I'm just okay. <laughs> <laughs> What did you feel when I told you that? What I suggested? Um, well, I have a lot to say, and then my first thought was, I don't think anybody wants to listen to me talk for five minutes. I can talk for five days. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. The young man behind <laughs> you raised his hand. You worked on this this week. You thought about this question? Yeah, I did. And why are you afraid of anyone on earth? I took it. Uh the first thing that came to mind was, uh, was his name, the, the Dr. Fauci? No, we're not going politics. Why uh, are you afraid of anyone on earth? I guess I'm not, but I know the abilities that someone could have on my personal life, even though I don't know them. Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Because uh, I'm scared. 
Why? It might stab me or something. Oh, okay. Amazing. Yeah. Right here. Why are you afraid? You thought about this question, right? I did. Okay. And why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Period. Um, I think for me, and I... You can turn the mic for me. I think for me, I um, tend to be um, uh, not really a people pleaser, but I like pleasant trees. Uh, I like people to like me. Um, and so it's not that I'm afraid of them per se. I guess I'm afraid of their perception of me. So oh, okay. still, still being afraid. Still being afraid that they're not going to like me or they don't, they don't like what I'm doing or they don't like what I'm saying. Now, if you talk about another kind of fear, physical fear, because when I first heard the question, I f first thought physical fear. And then I was like, well, I don't know that I'm physically afraid of anyone anymore. So in the present, I'm not a physically afraid of someone. Um, I think I have this really weird approach where people are always like, there's crazy people out here. When I first moved to LA, I actually did a little weird like Instagram reel for it because everybody kept telling me to be safe. And I'm like, why does everybody in LA tell me to be safe? I'm like, what am I being safe from? Who am I being safe from? Right. Um, and just random people, like people at the grocery store, be like, you know, here's your change, be safe. I'm like, what is going on in LA that I have to be so safe from? But, so physically, I'm not afraid of anyone. I feel like everybody's got a little crazy in them. You're crazy, might not want to meet my crazy, you know, all that right. kind of thing. So I'm not really, <laughs> really afraid physically, but in the present, in the past I have been. And so I think that if there's violence involved, again, you have to, you have to protect yourself. Right. Um, and I think that there, when you when you kickstart that that fear that comes out, it's to survive or it's to to protect. Um, but it's weird because that same fear feels the same when I'm I want somebody to like me. So it's really and, interesting. And why do you want someone to like you? I don't know. Because if, if you think about the opposite of them not liking me, I don't like that. So I guess it's just a matter of the lesser of the two evils. Like which one's better? For somebody to like you or for somebody to not like you? I feel like it's better for somebody to like you than to not like you. And why is that? <laughs> um, I don't know now that I think about it. Because I guess maybe you're thinking like you get some perceived benefit from somebody liking you. Like especially if like my boss. If my boss likes me, then when I ask for a day off, it becomes, it's not a nuisance. It's not a, you know, oh God, here she goes asking for something, <laughs> you know? But, um, so I think likability gets you further. Do you think that there's one person on earth that like you? <laughs> I hope so. I do. <laughs> I think I like people. Do you think there's one person on earth that don't like you? Sure. You sure about that? <laughs> I, I think so. And, I think so. And do you think there's one person on earth that like you? I think so. I'm sorry? Yes. And why do you think that? Um, I don't know. By their actions. By their action? Yes. Why do you think their actions show you that they like you? 
because they could be doing something that showed me they didn't like me. Like they could be spitting in my face or, you know, cussing at me. They don't do that. <laughs> but the person that's pretending they like you, that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You just don't see the spit, but they're doing it. Yeah, but that's why as soon as you disagree with them or they disagree with you, it turns to hate because it's always been that way. They didn't like you at the beginning. They just wanted something from you. Whether it's a, a, a kind word or fake friendship or money, they never like you. So that means that I'm doing that too? Yes. Okay. That's why it's good to know. That's why I'm encouraging you to work on yourself. When you understand you're doing the same thing, you got to understand that's what everyone is doing. Okay. Okay. Does that reduce my will, my ability to be liked by acknowledging that? Then is it does it become easier to not have to work towards that? One hundred percent. Okay. Once you truly see it, you're not going to work toward it at all. Okay. You just live. You start to live for the first time in your life. Okay. Because as long as you try to get someone to like you, you're going to have this image that they hate you, that they don't like you. So now you're trying to be nice and do work hard and do things, cook bread to make everybody like you. Okay. That makes sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So the young lady in the white, what's her name? What's her name? Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you think about this question? I did. And why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Um, thinking about this question throughout the week, I guess, I'm really just afraid of looking at myself without the identities and the attachments I allow myself to cling on to. And it's really just about looking in the mirror and really seeing myself without anything and without pretending to be somebody that I'm not because in society, I feel I have to perform and I have to keep up with the status quo to maintain in groups and to get along with people like that. But oftentimes I am a misfit because I don't like to pretend to talk about things that I'm not interested in and usually I get isolated when I do. Yeah, amazing. Well, at least one person working on themselves with these questions. Amazing. Nice. Thank you. Uh, anyone else think about this question this week and worked on yourself with it? Okay. Francisco and then Nick. Why do you, why are you afraid of anyone on earth? I just fell into it. Uh, I, I wasn't really thinking about it. I just saw something on a video and it scared me. And, um, you know, it was uh, people hurting people, each other, and you know, pretty violent. And when I saw it, I saw myself. How would I handle a situation like that? You know, so I saw that. I saw that violence. And, and that's why you're afraid of. Yeah, of, you know, are, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's, when you're when you're in your fight for your life, you know, what do you? That kind of thing comes up. Are you in a fight for your life? I was then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, Nick. Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Yeah, I was thinking about this question, and I kept trying to, I kept trying to reflect on, well, who am I afraid of? I was trying to think about who, 
my going through people in my life in my head, I couldn't really pinpoint anyone. And I realized that it wasn't a specific person. It's like to use to be br to be brief, like a spirit in another person. So it's not even a specific person. And so I, I've actually thought about this like my whole life because I've responded with fear my whole life. And sometimes I'm good at hiding it, and sometimes I'm not. And long story short, um, um, I used to think that the fear was like, oh, I'm like weak, I'm little, I'm, I'm soft, I'm, but after examining it, I realized it's actually, I'm fearful because I, I'm, I'm like really brutal and, and hate, like, you know what I mean? Like a resentful and, and mean. The point is, I'm trying to say is that the fear I'm getting from other people is actually the, the hate that I'm putting out. Oh, okay. So, so like, if that makes sense. It does. And I used to call it, in my head, I used to call it like, little or weak, but it's actually really brutal, vicious. Uh, I get what I want. I have an agenda. You know what I'm trying to say? And he seemed like such a nice guy, huh? Inwardly <laughs> 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 brutal. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That absolutely true. Amazing. Uh, Sean, why are you afraid of anyone on Earth? Uh, I think it's because of um, like other people's tendencies to build armies against you. So like if, if I were to get in an argument with somebody and I were to take a side and they were to take a side and they were to, we were to turn against each other, I think people's just tendency to build an entire army against you right. would make me like reflect. It's just like what, what um, Alyssa, right? What's her what name? Alyssa was saying. What's her name? And I didn't think about <laughs> it like that. You don't need the name. <laughs> I didn't think about it like that, but that, that's, that really is what it is because, you know, that, that argument that I attached myself to, it would cause me to reflect and think like, oh, am I right? Am I wrong? Was it worth it yeah. for them to build like this whole army against me? So I think that's what I'm afraid of is, is people's ability to, to, to build that army against you. Once they turn against you, it's like, it's not just them. It's, right. it's, it's them that now it's them plus 10 other people. That's interesting how when people turn against you, whether it's your husband, your wife, your mama, your daddy, your brother, sister, they go build an army. They don't just say, well, I'm done with this person. They have to go and build an army. You're absolutely right. And you're afraid of the army. But I didn't think of it until now. It's not just the army. It's I'm afraid of the self-reflection that that would result <laughs> in. Because then now I have to think, oh, was it worth it to take that side? Was it really worth it now to fight this entire army, to, to, to take that side in whatever argument I, I had? Yeah. I could have just kept that to myself, blah, 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 blah. Amazing. So that's sort of what I'm thinking about. Interesting. Why are you afraid of anyone on Earth? <laughs> Look, I see your fear now. What the? <laughs> are you afraid to speak right now? I'm just getting, just listening to everybody. Nice. I was, um, I was listening to you and also listening to everybody else's. I think I can really piggyback but especially off of his, because it just hit me like, wow, I can relate to that so much. And also I can relate to um, this um, young woman over here <laughs> of just wanting, not, necess not necessarily um, 
you know, people pleasing, but actually wanting to be liked. And sometimes I go against myself because I know some of the things that people want me to do. Right. I really don't want to do. Right. And then, you know, I do respond in fear of like, okay, but if I say what actually I what I don't want to do, they're going to look at me kind of like, oh, she's stuck up, she's snobby. So I'm like, okay, no, fine, I'll do that, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just angry because, like, I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> you did what now? I didn't really want to do that or, yeah. you know, just go along with whatever. But out of fear, you did it anyway. You do it sometime anyway. Yeah. Amazing, huh? That's a horrible way to live, huh? Nice. Okay. Uh, anyone else? Yes. Well, I kind of did a, f a fertilent slip to myself because I thought the biblical question was um, about your enemies. Why are you afraid of your enemies? That's what I thought the biblical question was because I that realized... That question was six months ago. I, really? Okay, well, I'm You're just saying... You're six months and a dollar short. Well, I'm starting to realize what's the difference. What's the difference because... Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Exactly. I mean, if anybody's afraid of anyone, obviously that's their opposition. That's, well, what you would say, an enemy, right? I mean, I mean I'm not... I realize that, like, I've never been afraid of people, but, I mean, I kind of am. I can, well, because... I've never been I mean, afraid internet, of you, but I kind of am. The internet is crazy. Okay, so I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of the internet and what it can do. But um, why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Because they're liars and deceivers. That's why you're afraid. And I'm too nice. I'm very giving. I'm very open. Well, no wonder you have so much fear. I'm not fearful of it. I still do it though, like an like an I D I O T. <laughs> I still do it. I still do it, though. So I'm not fearful of it, but I am. You cautious. do it because you're afraid. I probably, I do it because I'm afraid. I, yeah. I, I mean, you don't do it because I, you're afraid. I try to. I try to face my fears. I try to face the people that I have problems with and and enemies with. But I wouldn't say I'm afraid. I'm just cautious. I just, you know, just. Staying away from these. So instead people. of calling fear, fear, you call it cautious. Okay, if you if you if you see evil, and you stay away from it, is that being afraid? So why are you afraid of anyone on earth? I knew this was not. <laughs> I'm not Jesse. You're not. No. Oh, we just went all around the Marbury Bush <laughs> and back to the lie. I do. I do. I'm that. not. <laughs> Um, when you say that you're like him, you can relate to Nick. How can you relate to what Nick said? I can relate to him because just like he, he, he said, like he really has a lot of like anger and hatred right. just built up. So I'm afraid of like if I actually respond the way I want to, people are going to like or even just simply disagreeing with people like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't really want to do that. Right. I don't know when that has <laughs> happened in my life where I disagreed and people were just so appalled that I just disagreed. I've just kind of learned to just not disagree. Amazing. Do you want to overcome that? I do. This your first time here? Yes. Oh, welcome. What's your name? Shalisha. Nice. And how did you hear about us? 
Well, my sister and her husband came here a while back. Oh, okay. And uh, she was just telling me how much it made a great impact on them. And I was like, oh, I'm here. I should probably check it out. Right on. Well, we're going to tell you how in a minute. All right. But you got to face your fear, but you can't face it if you're not honest about it. You would never overcome it. Did I, I saw some hands. Okay. Let's go to Raymond and, and then here and, and here. Why, uh, why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Because everyone on this planet is like me, unpredictable. That all you have, um, there's no telling what a person would or would not do. All you have to do is to look a person the wrong way, and they may, uh, he or she may overreact in a, uh, in a way you, uh, way you have no defense against. Oh, okay. That's why you're afraid. Yes, it is. Okay. Yesterday I was in the, uh, I had to go to the beauty salon shop. You know where the women go and get their wigs and hair pieces and, and I had to go get some stay soft throw for my hair. And, uh, <laughs> you ever use stay soft throw? Oh, you do? Oh, okay. And so I wasn't bothering anyone. Honestly, I wasn't. Uh, I went and got the stuff, and I waited in line. It was a long line. Called everybody, and their mama was up in there. I guess all the women go to these beauty shops on Saturdays, and so it was mostly black too. One or two Mexican and a little Asian woman who looked like she owned the shop. You know how Asian people own the shop where black people buy hair, yeah. <laughs> and they don't even have that kind of hair. But anyway, I deviated. So I waited in line. And then this old black woman went past me. She like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, okay, go ahead. And she's like, real fat, all swollen in the legs and the knees. And she was real old, all bent over. And I think she was Jamaican or something because she had an accent. And so I'm just standing there, not bothering anyone, waiting in line. And she said to me, you seeing all this beauty stuff that these women are buying? I'm like, yeah, I noticed that. I didn't know it was so serious. She's like, yeah, well, God made that for us. God wants us to do that. He wants women to be beautiful and wear all this stuff. I said, really? And then she said, that's why you men got to work hard so you can take care of us so we can buy our beauty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the? And then I said, oh, I didn't know it was that. I thought it was because women were insecure that they had to work. <laughs> She's like, insecure? No. Uh-uh. She was like, God made us, God made us to lead men. I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. And she said that God, oh, she said, and I don't remember the whole conversation now, but she said something like, God, women give life. I said, no, they don't. But that's how she got real loud and the whole shop stopped. Because <laughs> you can hear the vibration in the room. I said, no, women don't give life. Life comes from God. I said, the only thing women do is open up the oven door, we put the bread in, they bake it. <laughs> that's it. And by that time, the women like, what are you talking about? <coughs> All we caught her, everywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, uh, 
women are the oh women are heaven on earth she said that to me she said women are heaven on earth I said nope I said women are hell on earth <laughs> by that time my voice raised because I was having fun I was like, no, women are hell on earth. And this tall black woman looked over at me. She's like, what are you talking about? Where are you from? She started to call me a name, but she stopped. And I said, women are hell on earth ever since uh, Adam and Eve. I said, the hell come through the woman. No. And I did God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman, woman over children. I said, women need, I said, look at, women need men to God. Said, look at the hell on earth now. No. <laughs> <laughs> and but I said, the devil is the woman's God. And the God is the man's God. Oh, my God. It got so loud in there. The business stopped. The cashier and the little Chinese looking at me, everybody looking, right? And they were ticked. <laughs> there was not one satisfied woman in there. <laughs> and I was the only man in there until another guy walked in. And, uh, and so I said, look, I got to go. Because I saw that the business had stopped, right? I said, I got to go. She's like, you running. I said, no, I'm not running. You want some more? I'll tell you some more facts if you want. <laughs> I said, but the business is out there. Yeah, get out of here. And when I was leaving, they were like, like you know how if you tear down a, a beehive and all the bees start swarming like that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. And then I got in my car, and, I'm, and some of them had finished their business. They were walking out, and they looked over and saw me in my car. They were going like this. <laughs> It was amazing, <laughs> but I didn't feel the thing, it was fun, but it was a mess. I, and I didn't plan it, so I didn't go out there looking for trouble, I was just quiet in the line. But if you ask me for it, you're going to get it. She asked for it. It was a mess. And then this Mexican lady said, I work, I'm married, I work, my husband and I are equal. He cook, and I clean sometimes. I'm like, you have children? She's like, yeah, but my husband and I are equal. I said, I'm sorry to hear that, lady. I feel for you. <laughs> it was a mess. But anyway, it was fun. Okay, let's move on. Isn't that like a fun story? You don't have to look for it. It'll find you. Because I did not say anything to anybody. It was just me and I was trying to get my teeth off, bro. Yes, sir. Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? I'm surprised they didn't jump you. Uh, I know. I think because I showed no fear. Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't feel fear, right? Absolutely. But if I had shown fear, it would have been a different story. Um, I think it's uh, alongside with what uh, Nick said earlier. It's, uh, it's twofold. It's like... It's going to reveal the evil, the anger, in other people if you're around them. Yeah. And it's kind of like what this young lady said. Absolutely. She was afraid to say no because she was afraid of how they're going to react to it. Mm -hmm. And then in turn, it's going to reveal the anger, the hatred within you, within myself. Yeah. So it's kind of, I'm kind of scared. Like, what is it going to bring out of me? 
and what am I going to see from other people. So a lot of times we want to um, live and pretend like it's not there, the anger is not there, the hatred is not there, right. but it's there. And um, I'm, you're kind of afraid to see that, basically, within yourself and other people. And why not just let it expose itself? Oh, I'm, I'm to that point right now, absolutely. Oh, but um, yeah. What do it feel like allowing it to expose itself? It's kind of seeing something that you know already exists or whatever. So um, really, it's 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 nothing. You wanna you wanna show them show them love or whatever. So, uh, but it's like something that you I know I'm aware of, that is out there, and I just see it like just like seeing the sky outside. I, okay. I know it's there. So amazing. All right, uh, let me take here, and then I come to you. Yes, why are you afraid of anyone on Earth? Um, well, I think there's two different types of fear. You got short-term fear and long-term fear. You said short-term fear and long-term fear? Yeah. What do you mean by that? So, like, long-term fear would be that you're always afraid. So, let's say, for example, you know, someone's afraid to leave their house at night because where are they going to get stabbed or attacked or whatever. Right. That's long-term fear because they're always thinking that. So, they don't even bother to leave their house when, in reality, they don't even know who's outside, if anybody at all. And short-term fear would be they do leave at night because it's just their habit, whatever. They don't have fear of leaving, but then they suddenly see someone close by, you know, let's say, I don't know, someone on drugs that has, as Raymond was saying, unpredictable movements, and they're worried that, you know, they might get beat up or something. So short-term fear would be afraid in the moment. Uh, I don't have any long-term fear. You have short-term fear? Um, I have definitely in the past, but I think I've really learned to overcome it, and that's because I've exposed myself to it. You got to right. expose it yourself, like you said earlier. You know, I've been around dangerous situations, so you know, I got I got non-lethal weapons. And you got non-lethal weapons? Yeah. Like what? You know, I got tasers, pepper spray, and stuff. Uh, oh. Non-lethal, not non-lethal. Yeah. Lethal. Oh. Yeah, non-lethal. Oh, okay. Amazing. And do you have inner fear on the inside? No, I wouldn't overcome it. Oh, okay. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, I think mine's more of a question to the question. When you asked this biblical question, I thought, and maybe she thought this as well, I don't know, for some reason this, this question didn't seem that deep. And yet, as we explore it yeah. more, yeah. it really is one of the deeper questions that you've ever asked. Absolutely. But so then that question becomes, because I've pondered the question during the week, how come I can't go deep with it? Because I, again, it, when I hear it, it, it's, well, now it's changed. But when you first asked it, I was like, that one doesn't even seem like, give me something hard. I'm paying attention <laughs> now. You know what I mean? So yeah. it seemed like that, this question did not seem that deep. Um, but as we explore it and as you go deeper, it's very deep. Yeah. All the questions I ask are deep questions. Yeah. They really are. Whether I got it from someone making a statement or I'm in conversation with someone, I'm hearing a speaker. And they'll say something that I'm like, wow, that's an interesting question. And so, and if you really examine all of them, because I do, they go deep. It will make you see things about yourself that you had not thought about at all. But they're all like that. They seem, some of them seem simple and, and not deep, but they really are. Is there a way to 
is there something we can ask ourselves when we're when we're contemplating these questions during the week? Is there something we can ask ourselves to go deeper, or is there something that we can say to ourselves that kind of exhausts the question? Yes, you can ask, "Wow, why am I afraid of anyone on earth?" And then just start looking at yourself. Don't compensate with yourself about it. Just look at yourself. And the deepness will come and the freedom will come as well. But you got to keep an eye on you. Okay. And as long as you're looking at what's happening inside of you, the answer will come. Okay. Okay. But Perfect. you can't look away. Okay. Okay, thank that you. That makes sense? A lot. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I mean, I'd have to kind of agree with Nick in a word. Um, because I'm just thinking of a moment that I had this week where I felt fear and I was like staying present in it but really I guess really what it is that makes me afraid is 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 that it's that demon inside of me and like as I look at myself every day and I'm looking at everything I do see that I do see that a lot I do see all of these demons that have been you know I've been carrying around for my entire life and that I mean I don't know if it's even like a real fear it, it's like kind of gross you know like it's like a disgusting thing to see like where I immediately like when I start to see this demonic possession of myself around certain things I'm like this is disgusting I don't know if I I guess sometimes it freaks me out that I can, I can see that. Um, and I've, you know, in the last handful of years, I think things that have really freaked me out is like what he said, like you can see s spirits and people too, that you're like, I just need to walk away, you know, that, but, um, yeah, I think seeing that in myself is, <clears throat> I don't know if it really makes me afraid. I'm glad to see it. It's just, it, it, it's, I guess it's more disgusting that I've been, I feel like uh, in the movie Labyrinth where that old woman's like in a house collapsing and she's got all these old things attached to her back. Like I feel like that is like, I can see that demonic, I can see those things living in me and it's... And how do you feel about that? I think it's gross. And when you say gross, what do you mean? It just makes me like nauseous <laughs> to know that like... I'm a vessel f f that has evil, like, toting around the world. That's just, like, really makes me want to barf. You know? Really? Yeah, like, it turns my stomach. It's, like, that just the, I don't know if it's just, like, a visual thing where I can, I immediately go into a visual of just what that looks like. It's just, even talking about it makes me want to Did you to know that you were so wicked before you started seeing this? No. You didn't know? No. You thought you were good? I thought I was a saint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with like choice, yeah. validated, you know, thorns that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. And I think the more I see it, it, it does, it's, I don't even know if fear is a word. It's just more of like a, oh my God, I see this. And then my next feeling is like I just want this to leave this is disgusting you just want it to leave yeah okay 
Amazing. Yeah. The young lady in the black want to respond. <laughs> With the blonde hair. Why, why are you afraid? <laughs> why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Mm, I mean, I've heard a lot of guests here mention that, you know, sometimes I do what I don't want to do. All right. And I often feel that, at least with myself, I get so confused by my own thoughts, right? Sometimes I don't even know what I want and how to navigate that because I listen too much to the thoughts, right? And we get confused. And then what is it that I really want? Is this just all these thoughts that have lured me into a certain path? Or, yeah. or is it this my intuition telling me this or that direction? And um, yeah, when I stay present with it, there is no fear really. But, yeah, when I allow myself to just go to the left and to the right and ponder before bed and even in the situation, yeah, then I can feel and be aware of that fear. Are you working on yourself daily to stay present? Yes. Is it difficult? Um, no. It's not difficult? Okay. Stay with it. I feel... Uh, we went to a concert last week and I could feel, because we had to wait for the main act to come on stage, and I could feel how my thoughts wanted to start thinking about a past conversation and I wanted to stand there and daydream. And it felt comfortable to go there, yeah. but I felt like I had to very quickly cut that because if I choose to go there, I will also give it my attention and it will try to come for me often, right? So I feel that is the practice to constantly just be disciplined. Amazing. There. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Uh, do you mean uh, practical fear or spiritual fear? Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? Why am I? Uh, well, like, what I'm asking, like, what kind of fear do you mean? Why are you afraid of... Of fear, yes. Anyone of on anyone, earth. yeah. Of anyone, like, okay, practically or spiritually? Why are you afraid mm -hmm. of anyone on earth? Yeah. Well, uh, I guess it all starts from when we're young. How about in, you? In school, oh, me? Oh. Well, growing up in school, I would fear other kids because what other kids would say about them. But once I actually talked to them and, oh, then these, this kid ain't that bad, you know. So I guess a lot of us, well, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but uh, we grow up fearing other kids because we see what they do, like these bullies. You know, thankfully, my dad taught me how to deal with bullies. You fight them back, you know. But um, yeah, a lot of kids grow up fearing others because of what they see. So, and then they get into adulthood and then they, they just, uh, they remain the same, you know. But, okay, amazing. Uh, yeah, so that's what I was trying to say, you know. But I think it's a, there's a practical fear of someone and a spiritual fear. What one do you have? Uh, 
Spiritual, practical, I can handle it, but spiritually, it's different. You can't handle the spiritual fear? No, uh, it's a lot more difficult to handle spiritual fear. And why is that? Uh, well, because spiritually, evil and good, it's a tougher battle than physically. And why is that? Well, I mean, I gotta work on myself. And do you work on yourself? Yeah. Oh, okay. Constantly, but, you know, it ain't easy dealing with evil. But physically, I can handle it, but... And how do you deal with evil spiritually? By working on myself and uh, learning how not to overreact. And, okay. but, yeah, the devil's busy, you know, so... Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I see two other hands, a young lady in black and white, and then Joel, I saw Joel hand. Um, I fear <clears throat> anyone on earth because um, I feel like I don't know what's going to happen on the other side, basically. I don't know if I'll... The fear in me is like, well, if you don't do it like this or do it like, I don't know, how others are doing it, or the advice that people give you, if you don't follow that, you won't be, uh, you won't live. Oh, okay. So my fear is more based in that, that I don't know if I'll be okay, because there's something in me that is still very dependent on the approval of others. Amazing. What a sad way to live, huh? Yes, Joel. Yeah, I think my fear roots back to my father, seeing my father in a house. Well, my father and my mother broke up when I was four, but before, after that, I would go to his house and back and forth. But he was really angry growing up, so I used to see, sometimes I would be waking up in the middle of the night to like him screaming or in like uh, arguments with my stepmom and him. And um, yeah, watching him lash out when I was younger just put like a fear. There was, the thoughts made me, even when I was younger, demonize him as this like scary guy. So growing up, I just had fear of him in general, but anybody who had that same spirit in him, that angry spirit, I always rejected. So I think, now I recognize it a little bit more, but there's still that like uh, that thought that gets believed that um, whatever that spirit is, it's gonna harm me in some kind of way, or or yeah, bring some type of conflict to me. And uh, then at that point, the mind just goes crazy on what could that be? Is it death? Is it this? Is it this? So it all stems from the relationship I or the idea of I, I've had growing up of my father. Amazing. Yeah. I, as you were speaking, I was thinking about when I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of fights. And when I did see one, I enjoyed seeing it, fight. Because <laughs> I, I rarely saw a fight growing up. I remember once, one of my aunt and her husband were fighting. And I heard this noise, so I went to see who was fighting. I was a little kid. And she picked him up, at, just as I was walking in the room, she picked him up on her shoulder some kind of way. 
and threw him across the coffee table and broke the coffee table. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> I didn't know a woman could pick up a man throwing him across the coffee table. And, and, the, and the coffee table, wood and glass, with the glass top, and she broke it in half with him. That, was, that wasn't scary, that was fun seeing that. <laughs> Amazing. But I didn't really see fights when I was growing up, my parents and things like that. All right. Uh, yes, Doug. Why are you afraid of anyone on earth? When I was a kid, I, I didn't fit in to anything, right? I'm mixed, so I went to all white school, didn't fit in there. All black school didn't fit in there. So I'm constantly trying to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, constantly, I'm constantly trying to make myself fit in. I, and I don't talk much, so it was very difficult. And I would, I would make myself say something that'd be the wrong thing to say. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that fear comes from not knowing, for me, it came from not knowing how to fit in and wanting to fit in. Because, you know, you're a kid, you, you kind of want to have friends. Um, so I overcompensated with other things, you know. Learned how to play sports and became pretty decent at it. And then you kind of fit in. Um, not fully, but I, it's, it seems to me like my whole life I'm trying to fit in, trying to fit in. And are you still trying to do that? I don't see myself doing that. So why are you afraid of anyone on earth now? I don't know that I am. I was trying to see if I am, but I don't see myself as afraid. I've dealt with cer certain situations, and I look back and I'm like, how was I not scared? So I don't, I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I don't really see myself as scared anymore. Oh, OK. Amazing. All right. Um, yes. And then walk over to Hate while you're talking. You want to respond. The other morning I woke up and uh, I was getting ready to come here to, uh, to go to work. And I woke up like nice and early. I thought, oh, I'll just come here and get some work done. It was like 3.45, 3.50. I parked down the street. And I walked out the front door and I saw down the street, like my car, and I saw three guys hanging out right next to my car. And I said, Nope, and I walked right back into the house <laughs> for a little while. And I wasn't like afraid. I was thinking to myself, practically speaking, like in yeah. a logical way, what is the percentage that they're up to any good at 3.45 in the morning right. next to them, like just hanging out. So I don't know if I have like, I don't even think I have practical fear, like of getting in a fight or getting hurt, but inner fear, long-term fear that he was talking about, I think that I, that I still have. Right. Like I was talking about with people building armies against you. Yeah. But when I ask things here and talk about that, I'm always, for the most part, talking about spiritual issues, not practical fear, fear. You better be safe nowadays, especially because so much going on. So you should watch yourself practically. You don't want to walk into a mess or into a situation. You should be very concerned right now. Not afraid, but. Be careful what you do out there, because the world has gone mad. It's really gone crazy. So I'm always, for the most part, talking about spiritual issues. Yes, James? Um, Why are you afraid of anyone on Earth? Well, in some cases, it's because 
I'm, I, I want something from them. Like I'm trying to play nice and stuff like that. And I don't know how they're going to react. And so like I'm in my head about, in my imagination about what, how they're going to respond and trying to scheme and finagle yeah. and manipulate. Um, and other times I'm afraid of how I'll react if they take it wrong. And it will like, I'll like physically even tense up with um, like a confrontation or even if like a, a hint of a confrontation. And so I feel like I'm, I don't know, it's like, like I said, I'm scared of how I'll respond if, if they respond weird. So I'll kind of avoid or have concerns or be in my head about saying what I think that I need to be saying to them or whatever. Amazing. Are you trusting that God will help you with this? Are you trusting God? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that I kind of tend to believe the thought, like throw up, throw up my hands and I can't help it type of thing and forget about, kind of forget about God. It's kind of like um, your conversation with like the first person who talked. Um, I'll take like a defeatist mindset about it where I don't, um, I don't think that I can arrive to the truth and so I just won't even bother looking at it. Anybody else feel that way at times? Yeah. Amazing. Are you trusting that? Are you trusting God? I'm learning to. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm fully there, but I'm, I'm learning to. And how you, when you say I'm learning to, what are you learning? Um, I'm just not as quick to respond or um, react to certain things that, that may definitely in the past would have, like, you know, pissed me off. But, um, yeah, I'm stopping and just I'm being conscious of uh, my feelings and my, my thoughts or whatever and, and letting them go. Okay. And you said, yes, you can relate to hate. In what way? <laughs> well, I mean, because I'm uh, just as in the example uh, I gave, I think you just believe your thoughts. And it, like you believe that you believe the wrong thought, basically. Um, and I, I really did ask myself that question more this week. It's like, am I, well, when you say like, trust God with all your soul, heart and mind, I really, that, yeah, I, I finally feel like, wow, that one entered me deeply. So, believing that I can't, you know, have a fulfilling life or have a life in general, just, just have a life when I don't behave like this, act like that, say this, do that, etc., etc., that already is not trusting God. So sometimes you feel like just throwing up with your head and give it up? Yeah. Just go yeah. party or whatever. Amazing. <laughs> um, do you feel that way sometimes? Like just giving up? 
No. You never feel like... Let's say I do. Oh, okay. I, you know, the thing is, Jesse, is I know we're at different places on this journey, <laughs> and I have been on this quest to know the truth for so long that now, happening upon this several months ago, I, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm, I'm exhausted with wanting to control everything, wanting everything to be perfect, wanting everything to be this or that. So I take these principles very seriously. And I'm okay with being alone. I've already lost a few relationships because of my renewed mind, mind and because I'm truly waking up. So what's the worst that could happen? It's death. But that's not even the worst. That's the best thing that could happen to those of us who really trust God and, and, and have faith to know that we're going someplace else that's going to be um, far greater. So in terms of practical fears, sure, I do have practical fears. If someone is following me down the street, I'm going to be afraid. But you've already said we're not talking about that. From a spiritual point of view, I've already seen it. I've seen glimpses. I've seen it play out in my life where I've been in a situation where I would have got, become fearful, but I've sat in it. And what you say about the silent prayer and just going back to being present, if I feel even a slight tinge of a fear or anxiety, I immediately look at where am I? Am I present? And I'm not when those, when those moments come along. So it gives me the opportunity to be present because I trust God implicitly. He has ordered my steps. I saw it last week. I saw it the week before that. I've seen it for months how he has done it without me putting my hands on anything. And finally, I'll say there's a simplicity to this that I think we want things as humans to be so complex and so dra drama-ridden but it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm learning that and I'm applying that and I'm accepting the simplicity of just being. And so, so you, have, you don't have any fear of anyone on earth, or do you? No. You do I not? Can't, I can't, you know, as I pondered this, because I did not want to answer this question from a place that was not honest. Right. I didn't want to say what sounds like the great thing to say. No, I'm not afraid of anyone, but really, I'm not afraid of, Anyone, I don't know what anyone could do to me. I, I can't think of anything that anyone could do to me. Leave my life? Well, that's okay. Bye. So you don't try to appease or go along to get along to be nice or any of that stuff? Never. Now, before I woke up, I, would, I was so confrontational. Not in a, in a vicious manner, but if someone said or did something I didn't like, I'd say, hey, can I talk to you? But I would confront everything, and sometimes it, I would be very obnoxious about it. Now I've learned that I don't need to confront it. Um, so I've never had that fear of a person. I've never feared, um, and, and aside from a practical fear, but which obviously we're not talking right. about that, but from a spiritual perspective, no, I haven't, I haven't really experienced that as I've pondered it. Oh, okay. Amazing. Right here. What is your life like? My life like? <laughs> Did you just switch the question on me? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. He's sitting there in his hair with the answer. <laughs> I had no answer for the previous one either. But um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's life. I'm alive. I'm here. It's happening. It's up and it's down. It's going all around. And it's fun. <laughs> uh, and it's also not fun at times. But I don't have an opinion about it anymore. So that's, I'm just experiencing it. And so it's all those things you just said? Yeah, all the time. I can see it. You like it that way? Uh, well, I, I don't really have a choice most of the time. You know, something just comes out of the blue. It's, it's not internal. It's external that affects the way that things are moving along or day to day. Oh, okay. You know, but other than that, it's I just standing back and not having an opinion about what it is. That's that's basically I mean, that's for me, that's the silent prayer. That okay. I'm to enact and that's all I can really do and then address each issue or anything that comes up as I'm going and if it's gone in the past I leave it in the past and if it hasn't happened yet I try to remind myself that that it's not a reality right now oh, okay that's all I can do what is your life like um, it, this actually ties into the last question I was thinking, I think a lot, of, I have a lot of fears about poverty. I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I don't have a lot of girlfriends. I, I could, I don't, I could, it doesn't bother me that I don't have a lot of friends, but that people pleasing that I was talking about, it happens in the work world. I'm, I'm so afraid of being broke and poor that I'm always looking for how do I align myself properly? How do I put myself in the right frame for the right person? Um, so I think, I think I have a good life in the sense that I, I'm tackling that, um, that objectionable, I'm not gonna be broke. Um, but that leads me to another question, and I hope I answered your question, but um, how do you, when you asked him about trusting God, I think sometimes you look at your history and it becomes very difficult because I grew up very, very poor. And then we lost my mom and it got even worse, you know? So it just, to me, it's like, I don't mean to have an assault on God and be like, why did you let this happen? You, why, you know, but it's just hard for me to trust him because the history speaks something totally different. Um, so, you know, um, to me, it's just like, what else are you? What else are you supposed to base it on? You know, if you don't go by what you've already seen. Right. So. And when you say you grew up very poor, what was poor? Um, you know, I have two siblings, and you know, yeah, there was always food on the table. Um, I think it was because my mom always made sure that there was enough for everybody else. And for us, in our family, in our home, we, there was no, no pleasantries, no, no extra. You know, it was all bare minimum. Um, she sacrificed a lot, I guess, for us to go to private school. And so everything was, all the money was always going to something. There was never anything left over for us, ever. Like, ever, about anything. So. When she passed, it was even worse because now my dad 
wanted us to, why am I, <laughs> why am I going so deep? Um, you know, he just tried to maintain her, her what she wanted. Um, and it was just a mess. It was just a mess. Um, and so for me, the way I approach things, um, you know, I just not, I just don't like that feeling of not having money, you know, not having, if something comes up or if I want to go shopping and grab a cute shirt or something, I don't know. I just, I don't like that everything is like, everything's all paid, but there's nothing left over. I don't know why that, that bothers me so much. Yeah. Not to the point where I don't pay my bills. I pay every bill. Yeah. Um, but I just do not like that feeling of not having anything left over. Um, and so you poor because you didn't have anything left over? Ever. And your mother would help other people? Are you saying that? Yeah, because my mom was very sick. She was, she was battling lupus. And so she would just do all these wonderful things for doctors and all these people that like they didn't even need her help like a doctor does not need her buying him things to say thank you like he has way more money than we did you yeah. know yeah just it was so let me ask <laughs> you have food on the table we did Nothing you had a roof liked. over <laughs> you had a roof over your head i did you went to a private school i did you had a bed to sleep in? No. You slept on the floor? Sometimes. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Oh. And so you had everything you needed and it still wasn't enough? Because there was nothing left over. But why did you need anything left over? Because I went to my friend's house. Like that's the, that's the that's the danger of of being poor at a private school because then you have all these <laughs> friends that have all these things that you do not have. Right. I mean I I became very like, and this, this kind of sucks because I became very social. I would love to believe my friendships were pure, but I was always at somebody's house, you know what I mean? <laughs> and now I feel like, oh my God, I was so, I was, I was always trying to get something from somebody Yeah. because I hated it at my house. There was nothing left over. My mom came from another country, and she was absolutely ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous when it comes to, like, hard work and waking up at four in the morning. And she just was very out of touch with American culture. Um, I didn't like that. Like, so she worked very hard? She did. Oh. She did. And you didn't like that? I just didn't like that there, there was nothing left over for us. Everything else was given to everyone else. But even her, even her time and attention, you know, like we got this really like angry, upset, short version of her and everybody else got this amazing version of my mom. Like, I'm like, who are you talking about? That lady is absolutely insane. Like, you're crazy. She's not who you think she is. And that sucks because I was her daughter and I wanted to have those kinds of feelings, but I just knew they weren't, they weren't real for me. They were, that was a lie. Right. So. Have you forgiven her? I thought I did. But no, you haven't. I can't say that, truly. Yeah. Why, is she still living or she died? She no, inspired. she's not here. Why don't you forgive her so you could be free of all that? I thought I did. Oh, you, oh, you and why did you think you did? Because I thought I said the words. Uh, oh, but you didn't see in your heart you really needed to forgive her? Probably not. 
And I'm so sorry to be so like soppy and. No, don't apologize. <laughs> yeah. Ew. <laughs> Just be yourself. Yeah. But no. You need to forgive her because think about this. She had her own issues just like you have them. So she's out there trying to please the world, too, to feel better about herself, as you were doing. Yeah. But yet, she took care of you. You were just a pig. You wanted more. Rather than appreciating what you had, you had enough. You had a place to live. You had a, went to a private school. You had, but you were looking at everybody around you, comparing yourself, and your mother feeding you and taking care of you. And you didn't go without. You just didn't have enough because you were comparing yourself to others. Right. You wanted what other people had. Why not just appreciate what she did now as an adult and realize she did her best, just like we all do in that fallen state? I think I would, I, I would now seeing it this way, I, I think I can arrive at that place. Yeah. But the one part that I can't get over is how freaking mean my mom was. Like, I guess if I feel like if I, if I, forgive her or stop resenting her then it like it makes it okay she was awful awful and mean right but only because she didn't know she couldn't help herself if she could have helped herself if she could have done better she would have she gave you what she had okay she didn't your mother didn't make a baby just to be mean to it you said that the first time I came here. <laughs> I, I get it. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. Oh my gosh, it's all in there. Yeah, you know, and now it's time to my get life, it out. I'm like, oh my god, you have no clue. I didn't yeah. even know that was in there. Jesus. <laughs> but this is good. This is what this fellowship is about: getting over evil. Yeah. But you should, now that you're an adult, you see how life is out there in the world and in yourself, you should realize, my mother, yes, she was mean and she was this, because she had her own issues too, she tried to deal with. She didn't yeah. understand what you understand now. Yeah. And yet she did her best for you. Yeah, and my son does it to me. He, he, he thinks that I'm mean and he, you know, doesn't give me credit for, you know, doing the things that I've done. Yeah. I get no credit for nothing. And then he thinks I'm mean, so he's just all the time mean. It's just crazy. Yeah. That's why you must forgive because you become like what you hate. And you're passing on from each generation to the next generation to the next generation. You must forgive your mother. She did the best she could. And there's never, ever, 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 ever a reason to hate or be angry, right? And so now, because you're angry, you still feel like you don't have enough. You try to get more. Make sure you have money to do this. And you, you, try, you need to let that go. Okay. And you're not going to let it go until you forgive. And look but at you. You're doing go. the best for your son, right? Mm -hmm. And he can't even see that. Yeah. And your mother was doing the best for you. You couldn't see it at the time. But if I let it go, will I still be feeling the thing, the feeling of I don't have enough? No. Because I, it's not like I want to feel that fear. I know that. Yeah, I know that. Once you forgive your mother, that fear would disappear. Okay. That's the only way you're feeling that way you have not forgiven. Okay. And when you forgive, you will forget. You will remember that no more. So there won't, the history won't matter. Right. Okay. History is just a word. Okay. 
Okay, thank you. Thank what do you, you think about that? I, I think it's something I should do quickly. Yeah. And you said your mother, she was dealing with uh, what type of disease? She passed away of lupus. Yeah. She had a very, very extreme form of it. So she was dealing with her life, the mess going on with her, and she resented. I guarantee you she resented her mother and so on and so on. What she gave to you is what she had inside of her. And that's why your son feeling that way about you, because what you gave to your son is what your mother gave to you. Mm -hmm. You can't help it. You have to overcome it. Okay. And once you truly see that, yes, my mother was me, yes, she was this, but she did her best for me. Okay. Most mothers send their children to a public school. You better be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you got more to be grateful for than ungrateful. Then you will stop living that way once you forgive her. You won't feel like, I don't want to be poor. I want to make sure I want some money to go shopping or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just comes from resenting your mother. It came from that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That makes sense? It helped a little bit? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and stay with it. Stay with it. Amazing. Yes, Raymond. I see my life as an empty void. Ever since I start, uh, started to pray, uh, pray silently, I began to realize that everything I went through, everybody I met, me, uh, even the fact that I'm, a, I'm not a good person means absolutely nothing. nothing. When, I, uh, <clears throat> when I started to build a relationship between me and me and my, uh, and my heavenly father. That's why I see my life as an empty void. So is God helping you? I pray that he does help me because I don't know who else can. Is he helping you? I believe he is. And why do you believe that? Because like I said, no one else can. Do you trust him? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. And how do you know you trust him? Because I am. Um, because I don't know who else can I trust. Satan? Certainly not him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Amazing. So I want to ask this, then I wanted to say now, do you, what's your life like? Me? No, you. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, my... Well, my, I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. What my life is like currently right now is, is I'm, I'm content with it. Um, I'm dealing with it. I'm definitely not judging. I, I'm realizing, this is the main thing that I'm realizing, is that you are like, and I know people say it's you're your own worst enemy, but I actually know what it means now, that you are your own worst enemy. So I'm realizing, like, you know, just... Um, keep going forward definitely not judging others um because if i'm judging something i'm judging myself so really i'm just working on not judging myself because i can care less about others um i realize you know you can't trust anyone really you got to work on yourself so that's what my life is like i'm just working on myself focusing on myself and not in the you know new generation age how they say that like oh i'm 
like how girls say, oh, I'm finding myself. I'm doing, no, no, I'm sticking Christian. I'm staying, I'm doing it right. <laughs> All right, I'm doing it the right way, okay? Yeah. And in fact, I don't even want to deal with women anymore. Well, not anymore, but right now, because holy moly, gosh, they are, they, uh, yes, <laughs> they're women. <laughs> so, so right now I'm just working on myself and trying to um, just, I realize that what happened to me in my life is God saying, I'm going to make you, have to just look on yourself and f take everything away and you have to focus on yourself now like nice. dude, i have no other choice right now right on uh -huh. what's your life like my life right now it has been kind of um silent I've just been more so watching what's around me and what I have been encountering most of and questioning, okay, why am I always being encountered by people that do this or people that do that? Why am I always in these constant sort of situations with other people and or myself? So it's been a very silent phase as of right now in my life. Amazing. Nice. Are you doing the silent prayer? I'm actually not familiar. You're not? Okay. With it. And have, is, you say your sister told you about us, right? Yes, sir. Did she tell you to forgive your mother? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and have you done it? Let me know. <laughs> I I thought I have. I, I think I more so acknowledged what she was going through instead of actually forgiving her. Yeah. And why haven't you forgiven her? Because I guess when I, when I build up the courage to say, you know what, okay, the, today's the day, then the, just something, it's so weird because something just happens where I'm just like, now I'm kind of angry again. I'm kind of resenting you all over again. <laughs> so it's just like, ah. Another day, I guess, but. And that's why you haven't done it? Yes, sir. I'm sorry? Yes, sir, that's, that's why. And how will you be, enter into the kingdom of heaven within if you don't forgive? How will you ever have peace if you don't forgive your mother? It's no way. You love your hell? I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> well. If you don't love your hell, why do you keep giving into hell when they tell you not to forgive your mother? Get mad again. Don't forgive. Why do you keep obeying your hell if you don't love it? I guess because it just seems like a lot of work. A lot of work to forgive? In a way, yes. How much work does it take to forgive her? I, like I said, I could really re relate to what she was saying of like, you know, I, I could definitely forgive her and just accept what she was giving me as what she had. But then, um, you know, she constantly does the same thing. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, I can forgive you and like say, put a stamp on it, like, yeah, I forgive you. But now I have to learn how to work with you because you're still doing <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're still who I you understand. are. I understand, yeah. But um, 
if you forgive her, you don't have to work with her. Because you will change, she'll stay the same, but you will change. You don't need her to change at all. It's about you changing, not her. Because you're, going to be, you're already just like your mama. Have you noticed that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you feel about that? I mean, my mother isn't, she's not just the wicked witch, you know. She's not awfully terrible, but I do recognize a lot of the other side of her within me, most definitely. Yeah, and how do you feel about being like the person you hate? It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. But not enough to want to overcome it? <clears throat> it's problematic. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's problematic. It's, it, it's a very problematic place that I'm aware of. And I'm like, okay, I, I have to navigate. I'm, I'm seeing what I'm faced with, but I mean, just put it plain, like you said, I am definitely going to have to forgive her. You're going to have to face her. What does problematic mean? When you say it's problematic, what does that mean? It's problematic because I'm, I'm, it's so strange, and I just hate to just give a mouthful here, but a lot <laughs> of the things that I've witnessed on the outside with my mom and just seeing, on, just on the outside, just how her life went, I'm starting to witness. And yeah. I'm starting to kind of like react how she reacted yeah. in those situations. I'm like, well, it didn't really, the way she reacted was not beneficial. And I'm, and I'm trying to work against of like, okay, I've seen this before on my mom and I don't want to repeat that. But you can't help yourself. Mm. Have you noticed that? Yes. <laughs> amazing. Isn't that amazing? It is. <laughs> it's never going to change. You're only going to get worse if you don't face your mother. Realize just as you can't help yourself, you're just like her in those areas, and you can't help it. You don't want to be that way. She became like her mother, and she doesn't want to be that way. But that spirit of the of evil has made a home in her. And that's what's driving you. So you're going to have to face your mother when you realize you can't help yourself. It'll, make you, it'll cause you to realize she can help herself. And that will cause you to forgive her. Then you become free of her. And you'll be yourself. You have a boyfriend? I do. You give him hell? Ooh. That's when I realized. <laughs> That's when I realized. I'm like, something's really wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have kids yet, right? No, sir. You're going to do the same thing to your children that your mother has done to you if you don't get rid of that spirit. And you're going to shake in your boots, but you've got to face your mother. You've got to face the fear. And have no expectation. Don't expect her to apologize or anything. Uh, mother, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize now you can help yourself. I'm just like you. I can't help it, so I realize you can't help yourself. And she doesn't need to apologize. You need to forgive her, and God will forgive you. Don't ask for forgiveness, but forgive her. Otherwise, you're going to drive your boyfriend away. Have you noticed that? Yes. Do you want to lose him? I don't. Then you're driving him away, though. Because he's too beta to deal with it. 
<laughs> Have you noticed he's too baited ahead of you? It is a challenge. <laughs> it's very problematic. How do you yes. feel about it knowing that you were a man that can't handle you? I, I can't find the word for how it makes me feel, but it just makes me feel like I'll never be satisfied. You what? Like, nothing will ever be right. Yeah. Have you told him he's too weak? Oh, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Well, because I don't, I, I really appreciate his efforts, especially since I've come to this full awareness of I am just like my mother and she required and still requires a level of patience. So I appreciate his patience. I don't want to say, oh, you know, you're weak and I'm just crazy. You know, I'm everywhere. I'm climbing the walls. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to make, I want to let him know I, I appreciate his efforts. So I haven't, you know, told him, you know. But why not? If you love him, you would tell him. Because you need him to be strong to help you through your hell. Can I ask you, like, what does that look like? What does what look like? Like being strong for your woman that's like climbing up trees. Uh, to not resent her, don't ever get angry at her, be honest with her about climbing the trees, but don't get angry at her because you understand she can't help it. Mm. But to be honest about it. How does that sound? That sounds 100% doable. But you gotta let him know though. Because he doesn't know. His mother made him weak. What? I'm, I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> Did his mother do that to him, make him weak? I hate to, well, I hate to just say it <laughs> out loud. But, <laughs> but it does come with its, um, with its things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, how would he help you when he's dealing with his mother? He's dating a woman that's just like his mother. <laughs> what the? <laughs> what? I'm just speechless. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Well, because I've, I've, I've always, like I said, ever since I've realized that I am exactly like my, my mother, I have just been looking at everything. Yeah. And I don't want to look at him like, oh, like he's, he's weak. Because like I said, I appreciate his efforts. But I do see a lot of, of what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't want to come out outrightly and say, you know, you're beta. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I don't want to, you know. But if you love him, don't be angry at him for being beta. He can't help him. Just as you can't help yourself. Mm. And if you loved him, you would be honest with him, but not judge him. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to end up married or beta, and the war is just going to get worse. You guys are going to fight through the whole marriage, and the marriage won't last, and you'll have some children, and you'll destroy them, and the whole cycle repeats itself. Because two betas coming together. <laughs> 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 so what? 
It is. It's indeed problematic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you have a chance to make it right now by working on you and don't resent him and his weakness. Be honest with him because he can't help it just as you can't help it. He's literally dealing with his mother in you. So you're two times a mother, very problematic. <laughs> you're your mother and you're his mother. Can I, can I ask a quick question? Yes. How, shucks, how can I say this? How would I go about um, with him and his mother? Like that whole situation. Just say, I noticed that you're just like your mother. <laughs> so that's it? <laughs> yes. That's all there is to it? And let him know. But once you start to truly work on yourself, and you go and forgive your mother, you'll be able to tell him how to do it too. Mm -hmm. He needs to forgive his mother so he can overcome her spirit. You see how to work on him, but you gotta work on you first. Yeah. But just don't resent him for the way he is now. He just says you can't help it, your mother can't help it. None of us can help ourselves. We have to see what's going on and overcome it. <laughs> That makes sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I want you to start, I recommend you start doing the silent prayer. Well, let me ask, yeah, that'll tell you how to get to it on the YouTube channel. Okay. I want you to, are you a Christian? Um, I'm converting. I haven't been baptized. Good. <laughs> oh. And you're converting from what to what? Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. Um, so my parents kind of brought us up being um, Hebrew Israelite. I don't know if anybody has heard. Hebrew Israelite? Yes, oh, so yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, so yeah. we were kind of brought up on that faith, but once they uh, divorced, it kind of just mellowed out. Yeah, so you converted from that to what? Um, hopefully Christianity. Oh, okay, don't convert yet. Don't stay there either. Don't identify with either one. Mm. And I just want you to work on you and the, and the Father will guide you. God will guide you. He's already inside of you. He will guide you. So I don't want you to go from identify with the Israelite mess and then go and identify with the Christian mess mm -hmm. and it'll just be another identity. Mm -hmm. So just work on overcoming anger and watching what's going on in you and you will, you will see the right way to go. Your identity will come from God, not some identities you picked up. Mm. That makes sense? That makes sense. Yeah. So work on that. Do the silent prayer every morning, every night. Face your mother. When you ask your father why did he help you with your mother, what did he say? I'm, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like when you ask, ask your father, Dad, why don't you help me with my mother? Why did you help protect me from my mother? What did he say? Oh, Goodness, I haven't asked an exact question like that, but um, he's always kind of known she needed special attention, <laughs> and, um, and he's tried to 
he tried to help her, but once he did try to kind of help her, she got very defensive. Yeah. Okay, well, forgive your father for not protecting you. He couldn't deal with her. He is just like your boyfriend. <laughs> what, the, what do you think about that? I think it's a, it's a nice thing. It's a great thing because I, I truly do. I appreciate my father. I, I absolutely love him. I but you don't him. want him to be weak. No, I don't. Right. Your, mm -mm, your, I do not. Your boyfriend is weak like your father in dealing with you and his mother. Amazing, huh? <laughs> any questions about that? I don't think I have any questions. I think you've answered a, a lot, a lot of things I didn't even know I, I needed. Right. So, I understand that. Thank you. So you're welcome. Let me tell you this. Uh, in response to why you're afraid of anyone on earth, in all honesty, there's not one of you in this room who is afraid of anybody. Not one. But what you're afraid of is this thing that made a home in you that you have identified with. You still think that is you. You still identify that. And when it's presented to you, meaning that when you do feel the fear or you're trying to please someone or you're afraid of losing this, or you don't have enough money or, or whatever, when that appears to you, you try to save yourself from it rather than just facing it and allowing God to save you from it. Just let it be there. Just notice it and see it. Don't have a conversation with it. Don't have a conversation about it, but you just watch it. Because what's happening when this thing, when the fear or, or whatever appears and it starts trembling and it starts racing in your head, it's running from the light, but you don't know it. And so you join forces with it by identifying with it. But it is afraid that you might see it and it will have to die. But you won't let it die yet because you still think it's you. And so it has fear. It's not you that have fear. You are sons and daughters of God, and you've gone and forgiven those who have. And now the light is trying to save you. The truth is trying to save you. But you get angry when it appears. You get angry when someone look at you wrong or say the wrong thing to you. You get angry. And you won't, you won't feel this fake thing that made a home in you and let it die. Because it feels so much like you. And so you reject God and you don't trust him. The moment you get angry at what someone says to you. The moment someone can make you feel good, you just all into it. You are rejecting God. And God is trying to save you. You don't even know it. Because you won't let that thing just be there and let him take care of it. You try to fix it. Or you'll say, oh, I'm so afraid. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so this and I'm so that. You're still claiming it as you, and there's nothing God can do. You should, and I've said this before, you should welcome the world attacks. 
welcome those attacks. If they build an armor against you, welcome the army. And watch this thing rise up in fear and trembling, worrying and doubting and whatever. And just watch it. Go on about your day and just watch that thing. Have your, have your life going on and the real you will start to live because that thing is being destroyed. But you won't trust God. And, and what you don't realize, too, is that that thing that rises up in you is an old nature. It's your old nature, which is of the devil, and you still think it's your nature, and it's not. No matter what the situation is, drinking alcohol, smoking pot, taking fentanyl, committing, think about committing suicide, or having sex, or whatever it is, it's a thing that's in you. It's your old nature. And if you don't endure that without judging it, there's nothing God can do about it. Because you, you identify with it as your own. You're afraid to let it die. Because it feels like you're dying. But you've got to feel the fear. And I'm telling you, that old nature will be destroyed. It starts layers, layers after layers start to disappear. And you will find yourself to start living this world in a totally different way. A totally different way. And you would never think about your body, your mind, and those emotions. All that stuff would start to disappear. And God said that if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you can grow into something else. Meaning that when those fears and when those loneliness and when those doubts and when those anxieties and when those depressions come, when, it, when desire to love come, if you just let it be, you're showing the faith of a mustard seed and you're growing into something else. But you gotta let this thing die, it's not you. You gotta trust God. And trusting God is just not an idea, and it's just not saying, oh, I trust God. You don't trust him. You don't trust him. You still trust ideas. You trust your little plans. You trust that you think you know what you're doing. You trust that you think you know what you want. You trust that you can get it from someone else. You trust that if you have more money, you'll be satisfied. If, if you had $100 million right now in the bank, cash, under your bed, you would still feel like you don't have nothing. You don't have enough. Because it's not about that. It's about the resentment of the heart. It's about not trusting God. Let this thing happen. Let Satan de degrade you, put you down, make you feel everything, and face it. Let it happen. It's just him dying, not you. It's evil leaving your body and your mind. And you've been made into something else. That old nature has to die. And if you trust God, you will let it die. And then you will live a perfect life right here on earth. And all these wars would be going on and mess would be happening and Israel and Jerusalem would be and uh, Palestine would be fighting. Putin and his folks would be fighting. You would see we have a weak president. You would see that the economy is bad out there, but it wouldn't bother you at all because you have no fear.
you would never think that enough is not enough. You would never think that, no matter who had what. You would never think, oh, I, I wish I had that. Because you would be satisfied with what you have. It'll be more than what you need. But you're not trusting God. You're still thinking the things that's happening inside of you is you. You got to just let go and let this thing be. And God will help you. And, and, and your ideas about God is not God. Your ideas about how he's going to help you is not God. You ain't going to never be helped with your ideas. You got to let go and help will come and you will know it. And you wouldn't even have to think about, oh, I wonder if God helping me. Because Satan starts screaming out. Somebody saying you just want to throw, hate was saying that. He just feel like throwing up your hand. That's not hate that feel that way. That's the devil telling him that. Throw up your hand. Meaning like, keep me alive. That's the devil telling you to throw up your hand. He told me the same thing. Give up. It ain't going to work. But I knew it was a voice in my head and it wasn't from me and it wasn't from God. So I knew it was from him. You got to be still, meaning don't overreact to this and die from it. And you can die. And once you do it a little bit, you're going to have that mustard seed. And you'll want to do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that old nature is dying. Now that you have love, you've gone and forgiven. Now that you have the love on your side, which is the nature of God, you take care of the darkness, the false identities. You should never, ever, ever say I when it comes to that stuff. It's not you. I'm lonely. No, you're not. I'm sad. No, you're not. I'm rich and I'm poor and I'm this. It's not you. It's not you at all. You got to feel this stuff. When somebody makes you mad, don't say, oh, I'm mad and go off. Just quietly be mad and watch the spirit. You know what I mean? Because it's not you and nobody can save you from it. No money, no family, no preacher, no teacher. Only the spirit of father can deal with the spirit of evil. But you got to really trust it. And you got to really work on yourself. When I give you guys these spiritual questions, I'm giving you homework. And I'm giving you the homework that I'm doing. And it works. But you got to work on you. Nobody else can do it. But you got to work on yourself. It should be fun working on yourself by now for some of you. But y'all ain't having no fun. Who having fun working on themselves right now? Now everybody said they are, right? <laughs> you should be having fun with this because you're overcoming darkness. You're overcoming all this mess that's inside of you. And believe me, it's inside of you. It ain't out there. Everything that you're feeling, every lonely feeling, every sadness, every anger, every jealousy, every strife that you feel, isn't here. It's not out there. You can't look at anyone and blame them for what you feel. And the devil tell you, oh, they're making you mad. They said this to you or that to you. 
No, they didn't. The devil is telling you that. That makes sense a little bit? You really got to take it. You must, as the young lady was saying there, you must die from this thing. And it's not going to die until you let go. And other people are not going to know that you're dying because you're going to be walking around looking the same. But you'll know that you're dying or that it is dying. But at some point, you got to put your feet on solid ground and trust that God got this. No matter how you're trembling. Because I, I'm telling you, it's in your world. It's all in you. It ain't out there. It ain't in somebody else. They got the same thing going on with them, and that's inside of them. But everything that you're dealing with is inside of you. It's not outside of you. And you got to really work on yourself, folks. You should ask some of your older people who've been here for a while, you need to be coming here with good news. You know, I saw this. I worked on the biblical question. I realized why I'm afraid. But y'all don't, some of you, don't seem like you're really working on it. But you're not going to get better until you work on you. You're never going to have enough. You're never going to be free. You're never going to be, uh, uh, have a clear mind. You're, never, you're going to always have this pain in your body because you're not working on you. You're not watching. And that's all I need to do is watch. Do nothing else about it. We are being taken care of. God love us. But some of you don't even trust me with a, a grain of mustard seed grain because you keep fighting for your own life and you can't do it. And I don't care what has happened in the past, that doesn't exist anymore. The only thing that exists is right now. What are you going to do about now? And we all done some stupid stuff in the fallen state where we couldn't see. But it doesn't have to stay that way. And God is not holding that against us. Human beings may judge you because they're in darkness too, but that's on them. Why do you even, why do you even think about what somebody else thinks about you? It's not enough to say, I don't care. If you didn't, when you really don't even think about what someone is saying about you, you don't care then. You don't have to say, oh, I don't care what somebody thinks about me. Yes, you do. That's why you're saying, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to convince yourself you don't care, but you care. <laughs> but when you don't think about it, then you don't care. That makes sense? You really got to go through this. If you want to live, you must die. The ego spirit, which is of the devil. And then there is no competition with anyone. There is no taking sides on anyone. There is no joining an army with anyone. You lay your weapon down and you live your life. And when you need to fight in a physical way, you see how to do that in the right way. But you got to die spiritually. Any questions about that? Do y'all understand that you got to stop fighting what's happening inside? Yes. 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 Really, you got to, oh, here, you got to, you got to just take it. It ain't you that's dying. It's it. It's all identities, all plans, all things you think you want. That's why I'm telling you, don't go from being an Israelite identifying with that to now trying to be a Christian. It will just become an identity. But your heart will be wicked. Christians' hearts are wicked. 
<laughs> well, why are you making that face? It's just very... Oh, oh thank you. It's just very... Um, it's an interesting thing. Because I, I see what you're saying, but I'm yeah. like, they present such great ideals of like, okay, this is what Jesus is, this is what God is, this is this, this is that. But a lot of people's perception of Christians are not like what they present. Right. They're just presenting ideas, but their hearts are far away from God. They just have the idea that somebody told them, and they read in the Bible, and the devil told them. But it's an idea, but their hearts are wicked. They treat, they treat folks just like they used to like treat folks, with hate and not love. That's what wars are all about. The war that's happening right now, it's about hate and money. Both sides want to kill each other. And that's what you do in your world. You have wars all the time with others and with yourself. Lay your weapon down. Yes, ma'am. I, yeah, especially the lady in the camouflage um, jacket. That really touched me. And, um, it, it, the, and I'm very happy it came out today. Yeah. Because I just didn't know it was there. And I think that's the beauty of when you're on this journey, returning back to your, your nature, your true nature, or being more present in your nature longer than you are in the hell, basically. Um, it's, really, it's really impactful. And I'm wondering, so the whole idea for us humans, and maybe this is a bit far-fetched, but the whole idea for us humans is to be able to tap into what others are feeling and then letting that go? To be able to tap into what others are feeling? Yeah, because... No. Because I feel like... No, don't <laughs> tap into anybody's feeling. You're tapping into hell again. Yeah, and that's what I'm Because feelings like, are evil. Because, because then... I guess I'm finally at that question and I've heard it been asked a lot of times. Right. And what is the point? Because What's the point of what? Of life. To live. Yeah. The point of life is to live and allow God's purpose for you to be done. We're here for a purpose. And all we gotta do is live here and his purpose will be done for you. Everyone has something, but his purpose is, I mean, all we have to do is live. That your purpose is to live. Don't look for your purpose, it will find you. That makes sense? Yeah. Don't look for it. All he wants you to do is just live. He is God and he'll do the rest. Whatever it is you're supposed to be, Doing it will happen naturally. You will have no other choice but to be doing it. But appreciate what you're doing now in the same way you were when, you, when the purpose arrived, when it shows itself. All right? Amazing, huh? Yes. I just wanted to add, Jesse, in regards to what you were saying about our, our identities, not gaining that from Christianity. I watched your interview with Muhammad Ali, which led me to... The Muslim guy. The Muslim. Yeah, yesterday on the Father's State. 
Yes, and it was a great interview, by the way. It led me to dig a little deeper into his channel, and he interviews many Christians, and what I've found, not only on his channel, but just in my personal experiences, now that I'm waking up and asking questions of Christians, is that not all, not all, not all, but probably most Christians don't have any clue why they believe what they believe. Right. And as a result of that, yeah. Muslim religion is growing at an astounding rate because people are looking at Christianity like this is the religion that changed which, with whatever, the, you know, the political, uh, political arena says or, or whatever. Yeah. So I just wanted to But what they're going to find if they become a Muslim, they're going to still be unhappy and miserable. For sure. Because they just picked up another identity, and it has nothing to do with God. And I know that with, uh, uh, Ali, Muhammad Ali, the, the Muslim guy, not the dead Muhammad, not that one. Um, all he had done is picked up this idea of being a Muslim. Right. And he identified with being a Muslim. So he's out on the street trying to convert others to become a Muslim and just picking up another identity. But the Muslims are as miserable as the Christians and the Jews and the whatever. It's just a religion. It's just a word. I noticed that too, what you just said as I was watching some of his interviews. And the thing is, is that he is so adamant and he is so well versed in debating yeah. that he causes the Christians to look like they have just don't know what yeah. in the world, why they're there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I asked him if you, I, I, I said, I asked, who are you? I think something like that. And he's like, I'm a Muslim. I'm like, but you're not a Muslim. How do you know you're a Muslim? I am a Muslim. That's just a word. And the Muslim religion put all the dressings around it. But inwardly, he's miserable. He has fear. He's unhappy. He's trying to make himself feel better by identifying, you know, by identifying with all these, you don't want any identities. That's the problem. You don't want any ideas. That's the problem. Practical plan. I'm going to Alabama next summer and I'm going to pay watermelon in July. That's just an idea of how to do it. Y'all ever pick up watermelons in July? Oh, so good. It'd be hot out there in the field, so you bust them over out there in the field and take out the middle, the hard part, and it's so good. So plan to go to Alabama next July <laughs> and pick watermelons. All right? That's a practical thing, but you don't live on that. So let me just do this, and then I got to close here. Um, can you, y'all ain't in the black. Can you tell me what I said about what's really going on and trusting God? How do you do that in the black? Yeah. Um, I feel that, for example, when I think that I want something and I have a desire and <clears throat> it's not becoming reality. <clears throat> Often, may, sometimes I can find myself being upset or you know, frustrated or, yeah. And instead, really trusting that this was not for me. And just feel the pain of wanting it. Yeah. And know that this pain of wanting this thing is there, right? But don't get it. Don't go for it. Don't judge it. 
Just watch it. Let it stay. Go about your day, and the Father will take care of it. Yeah, it's so liberating to live life in that state because, for example, it could be someone that you're interested in, and you start thinking, oh, why am I not being chosen, or yeah. I'm not good enough, or, um, you know, instead of, this was not for me, this, this was not the person for me, and just very, just, okay, flow like water, you move on, right? And flow like water and sting like a bee. Flow like butterfly, sting like a bee. I knew it was something. <laughs> flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Oh, flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yeah. You are not supposed to want to get married. You are not supposed to want a boyfriend, girlfriend. It's natural to want to be married if you want a family, right? But you're not supposed to be wanting that. So when that want come along, let that lay. Don't go looking for it to fulfill the want. Otherwise, you're going to end up with someone that takes you down to Walmart and jump on the vegetable table using the word in. You didn't know who you were talking about. I know. <laughs> Do you understand that? You're not supposed to want for anything but righteousness. That's all you're supposed to be watching for. Nothing else. Every other desire is an evil. It's a false desire. And then all your needs will be met. And it will be perfect. And it will happen on time. And you will never have to try to make it work. You should never try to make a relationship work. Think about how dumb that is. How are you going to make a relationship work? Either it works or it doesn't. Right? And if it doesn't work, it's over. Okay, we try. Bye. <laughs> You're not supposed to make a, a marriage work, dating work, friendship work, family shit work. You can't make somebody else do it, you know, and you're doing it for you anyway. It's not even for them. When you try to make it work, you're like, oh, I love you. Let's make this work. I want to be with you. It ain't about the other person. It's about you. It's about your ego. That's why you're mad at them because they won't do what you want them to do. You're not mad at them because you love them. You're mad at them because you want what you want. And nobody works together. Let's work together to make this work. It ain't going to ever happen. You're an individual. You have let your life work and whatever will be, will be. That makes sense? Yes. Alright. So, Trust God by feeling the pain. And don't run away from the pain with a phone call or with this or with that or with this or that. Feel the loneliness and see that it's not you. When you walk through the door, be aware of walking through the door. When you're driving your car, be aware of driving your car and be aware of what's happening inside. But keep your eyes on the road, but just be aware of what, keep your eyes on you. And it'll be, it's not you, but it's inside of you. That makes sense? Trust God a little bit, and he would change your nature. He would start to change it. And once it changed from darkness to the light, you, the more it changed, the more you, you'll be fine. All right? Did this help a little bit? Yes. The poor one that's never had enough? <laughs> oh, no. She's up in a private school. Oh, my enough. God. Now I'm that person. Yes, it's <laughs> helped a lot.
Did this help today? This helped tremendously, thank you. Give me a little idea how it helped, just a little bit. Um, I think, <clears throat> um, like you said, just the dynamic of the light and the darkness and trusting God. I think I do the silent prayer. I try to stay present. I'm focused so much on that. And there's another component. It's to trust God. Yes. He's the one that's going to be taking care of things and fighting things that need to be fought. That's right. Um, there's not just, it's not an emptiness. There isn't, there isn't lacking. There's something there. It's not just completely empty. God is there. He is. And when the thought come about your mother again, <clears throat> and the moment the devil makes you think about it, he's going to make you feel angry. Mm. Right? And then when you become aware that don't overreact, just let it be and the light will destroy it. Don't run from it. Don't deny it. Just yeah. watch it. And the light of God is going to, for a minute, it won't feel like it is because you're not accustomed to trusting God in that way. But if you just feel it and see it there, he'll take care of it. Okay. Yeah, thank you. But you got to let the light trust Because I, I thought the anger was my anger. I thought no. the anger was me. Uh, That's why it became so hard to understand how was I going to let it go because it just seemed so attached to me. Right. But the one thing I can guarantee you is not you. Okay. It's attached to the body. And the mind, but you're not your body, you're not your mind, you're not the feeling. You're a spirit up here, but you're living down here thinking that it's you. Okay. You're living on the lower level of life rather than here. Right. You are not your body, you're not the feeling, so it's not you. Okay. Never say it's you again so it can die instead of holding on to it. Okay. Thank you. I don't care how hard it feels, never say it's you. Okay. It's not you. He want you to say it's you so he could make a home in you and stay there. Mm. It's not you. Mm -hmm. The real you is not guilty of anything. The real you, have no, it wasn't even you hating your mother. It was this identity that made you hate it and you thought it was you hating your mother. Look at, your, look at mama. She's giving everybody everything. I don't have enough. Mm -hmm. Look at mama. I'm in a private school and all the other girls got cell phones and and whatever, right? I don't have one. Mama giving it to her. That was the devil talking to you then. Mm. It wasn't you, but no one told you that, hey, that's not you. Let that go. And you grew up thinking it was you. You identify with it. Yeah. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let that go. Okay. We are out of time. I hope this just helped a little bit. Go and forgive your mothers, especially the mothers, and your father. We love your father. You love God. Um, do the silent prayer. Now, I understand most people love their hell. They don't want to overcome it. They love complaining about it. They love it. And they will kill you if you tell them how to get over it. So for those people, suffer and die. But those who want to be free, do the silent prayer, www.silentprayer.video or rebuildingtheman.com slash prayer. All right? And stay with it. You cannot take anyone on this journey with you. Only you can take it. It's a spiritual rule. The one individual that's seeking the Father will find him. He didn't say the group, the one. So take it, all right? And uh, we'll do your super test tomorrow on the radio show. Uh, we're having a women's forum this Thursday. This is the third Thursday, right? Uh, every Thursday is forum meeting for ladies only at 7 p.m. And for men on the first Thursday and Sunday morning, everybody. So at 7 p.m., I'll see you uh, ladies this Thursday night. If the Lord is willing and the creek, don't ride. So I hope it helped those who want to be helped. 
But you got to trust God a little bit and the seed will grow. All right. And then let the world degrade you. Let them talk about you. Let them whatever they're doing and watch what you're feeling about it. And whatever you're feeling about it, let it be and you will overcome it. You'll be fine. All right. Thank you all so much. And thank you all for tuning in. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs>